This is live from California, USA. Welcome to this very special show of the KJ Masterclass, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts either through their industry insights and information or simply learning from them. And today we have Dr. Doug Garland, author of, author of the authoritative, authoritative guide on the tall poppy syndrome. Dr. Douglas Garland, MD, practiced orthopedics surgery for 37 years in Southern California. Dr. Garland was a clinical professor of orthopedics at the University of Southern California, and he authored over 100 peer-reviewed scientific articles. With over 600 citations, the top poppy syndrome is the most comprehensive book on the subject. Dr. Dr. Garland? Yes. Yes, welcome to the show. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for taking out time for, for this particular show, the KJ Masterclass. So straight to the point, you know, the tall poppy syndrome. What exactly is this about? If you ask me, for me, poppy is a nice flower. And, you know, beautiful flower. And except for one particular species, poppy, uh, that's the narcotic one. The poppy is a good one. So if human beings are nice, you know, why why we, we are we have to get into their minds. But just for the plain, simple understanding of everybody, what exactly is tall poppy syndrome? So the tall poppy syndrome is a metaphor. And it's just as you mentioned, it's a beautiful flower. And when you look at a field of poppies, it, it's beautiful. But if you see a poppy that's taller than the rest, then somebody will want to cut that poppy down so that uniformity is maintained. So that's the essence of the tall poppy syndrome is uniformity. And I think especially Cal, uh, America right now, but I think it's happening all over the world that we're trying to cut down uh, people we don't agree with, people that are too tall. In America, we say they're too big for their britches. But for some reason, we perceive uh, that they don't deserve to be that tall, um, maybe egregious behavior, and we try and cut them down so they don't have the stature that they have. So it's unfortunately very prevalent in our society at the present time, which is the reason I wrote the book to try to help people understand the circumstances that are happening around them. Could you, could you elaborate it further exactly? Because this is a, a, a topic or words, uh, the tall poppy syndrome is not, not many people are familiar with. And even though they are familiar with human emotions and the way dif different ways human beings behave at different places, if you can explain your understanding that you have gathered while authoring this book. Uh, the tall poppy is driven uh, by emotions. And you want to break when you see the tall poppy syndrome occur. Let's take an example of, of um, Lance Armstrong, for example, who was a bicyclist that won the tour five times in a row. And he definitely was a tall poppy. Unfortunately, he was doing egregious activity. He was t blood taking blood, which gave him an unfair advantage. So he lost all his trophies and kind of was cast out of society. So that's what I call a public 
tall poppy syndrome, meaning that he's a guy that I couldn't have any influence on, influence on or over cutting him down. But because of his egregious behavior, which was, in his case was driven by pride, the big three for the uh, person that gets cut down that's a tall poppy is pride, lust, and greed. And so if you think of um, that type that is the public person that's cut down, it's because of their bad behavior. And the public thinks that they don't deserve to be a tall poppy. Now, the, if we look at the cutter, the cutter is almost always driven by envy. And it's very important for your listeners to understand the two types of envy. There's good envy and bad envy. So the good envy would be, if I can use myself, uh, I wanted to get into medical school, so I associated myself with really smart people. And I got into medical school, and then when I was in medical school, I associated with smart people, and that helped me get good grades because I studied their habits as well as what I was supposed to study. So that's an example of good envy, which we never talk about. All we talk about is bad envy, which is uh, in my neighborhood, I see somebody with a nice car and I don't have a nice car and I don't think that I'm going to be able to get a nice car. So what is, what is the person with bad envy? Uh, he, he keys the car, scratches the paint, or he cuts the tire. So not only envy is desiring something that somebody else has, you want to destroy their happiness. So by cutting, it's easy to cut people down. It's way easier to cut people down than it is to improve yourself. So through envy uh, drives what I call the private uh, type of tall poppy syndrome as opposed to the public. The public is usually the person, the tall poppy does egregious activity and cuts himself and gets cut down. Whereas in the private, which is your tribe, the people that you are around with. So it's your your neighborhood, your workplace, which is a huge source of cutting people down yes. um, through the hierarchy of the company. You want to move yourself up and somebody's in the way. So you try and take them out or cut them down. And then, of course, the schools and your kids and what they're around. So the school district and and your kids are another source of the tall poppy syndrome. But basically, the what I call the private or peer-to-peer that's usually the defect of the cutter, and it's somebody within your own tribe, and you're you you're trying to get ahead of that person. So that's the two main categories: the public and the private, and both are driven by emotion by emotions. And usually, the private is mostly envy, but anger and fear also drive the cutter's emotions. Now, these emotions are, they have not changed in time. So when I start, when I did my research, um, the original description of the tall poppy syndrome, although it wasn't called that, was found, I found it in Greece, um, in ancient Greece. And actually, when you think about it, 
Socrates drank hemlock, right? And he was falsely accused of his misdemeanors. And Socrates was such a gentleman that he thought it was best that he drank the hemlock uh, rather than fight the system and create more problems. So he accepted that and, and... and drank the hemlock and died. But he, that's one of the first cases that people can think about, the tall poppy syndrome. And then if we go, it was followed up in Rome. Uh, Rome was founded in 750 BC. Um, most of the early history of Rome, and this was the period of the kingdoms, the kingdoms was 750 to 500 BC. There were seven kingdoms and in the last kingdom was a guy named Tarquin, Tarquin the Proud. Now that's so ironic because pride is what cuts down the tall poppy in the public sphere. And here we have a guy who's Tarquin the Proud. And Tarquin um, sends his son to the next village at, to help him rule. And the son was having a hard time, so he sent courier back to his father to tell him how to handle things. And the father took the courier out to the field of poppies and he ran over with his hand and any tall poppies were cut down. He never said to cut down tall poppies. He just demonstrated and the messenger went back to his son and just told him what he had experienced. And his son knew immediately that he had to cut down all the people of who were against him in, in his town so that he wouldn't have any opposition. So the origin so that was actually poppies and Livy uh, described that in Roman history. So that's the first evidence of it. And also what's interesting is that this was a government action. And so one of our biggest cutters in society is the government itself. The government are one of the departments in the government. Okay. And in North America, we're seeing that play out very well in the strike in Canada with the truckers and the prime minister, and he's trying to cut all those truckers down. So he's, he's assumed an authority of controlling the country and now he's going to start cutting all these truckers down because they didn't behave what he wanted them to do. So, okay. Here we have here we have something right in front of our eyes that was described uh, three thousand years ago. Right, right, doctor, uh, sir. So you mean the society at the same time they want achievers, and at the same time the society or governments across the world. Or even in ancient times, they wanted people who would confirm to whatever they would say. Now, how, why and how does it work then? Well, they wor- it works until they're overthrown. But if you, I mean, Genghis Khan in China, that um, he had a rule um, that when he conquered a village, you remember that he put all the little... Um, villages together and united and made uh, made China almost what it is today. 
Uh, and he did that systematically, took one village after another, and, and Rome did the same thing. Alexander the Great did the same thing, and uh, he united the country that way. But his rule was when he came into a village, anybody that was taller than the axle on the wagon, they were killed because he knew that they remembered the old way and he was going to change things so he didn't want to revolt so he just left really young people uh, which was right out of the playbook of rome and if you look at rome itself again um, julius caesar was tall poppy by brutus if you remember he crossed the rubicon he had been in gaul mm -hmm. and he crossed the rubicon which generals were not supposed to cross the Rubicon. When he came to Rome, he created civil war. And of course, the Senate then, Brutus took him out. Mm. So Caesar himself is tall poppied, and that's how, how we change. We'll, we might see uh, in Canada, we might see a new prime minister after all this. So eventually the ruler in any country gets cut down and, and, and we start over. And that's what happened to Tarquin the Proud. That He was the last of the seven kings. He was the last of the king. And then they became a democracy after him. So we see, uh, we see you know, you have communism in, in um, Russia and, and eventually that went away and we had a, a new type of ruling and we have now Putin, and we'll see he's he has his issues. And if uh, enough of the people dislike it, then they'll get rid of him. So they'll they'll tall poppy him. They won't even. Right. But even in democracies, if you see today, sir, uh, individuals, governments, depending on who is who is in power at which place, they are using all the means at their disposal to you know to strengthen their position in whatever way it is and that's why you got get to see more use of social media or any other form of you know any tool to keep uh, their views uh, in such a manner in front of the public even in your country even in the usa that they just want to be there and and, and seen as the best man available for the top job well you're exactly right so I mentioned the government has control of you or one of its one of its departments, and in the in the past that's why I've labeled that public. But and in the past, the individual didn't have much say over that, uh, and that was the private or peer to peer. But with with the internet now and the social media, the peer to peer or the individual now has power. So when I look at um, countries and especially America, it is movements that right. is that are causing people to be cut down. So here we have Black Lives Matter. Uh, we have the Me Too movement. So you have the social media that's empowered the individual and they can uh, capture the like-minded and put a lot of pressure on it. Yes. Here, here we are doing a podcast and we had Joe Rogan just go through this. This is another perfect example of the tall poppy syndrome. They tried 
tried to silence, silence the guy. Here's a gentleman with 11 million followers. You and I could, right. could be so lucky. And right. that's, that's going to draw a lot of envy. There's a lot of envy out there about right. and, 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 like that. And, and, and doctor, the thing is that a lot of people want to go to the Joe Rogan show as long as it suits them, isn't it? Right. As long as it's like-minded, he's a fine guy. Everybody loves him. But as soon as he gets out of his lane, off with his head. And speaking of off with his head, if you think about all the kingdoms in the past, and in my book I talk um, a lot about England and the kings and queens, and that's the guillotine actually was done in France. Yes, but yes. Here we have the tall poppy in full bloom and a literal and figurative meaning that, you know, if the king didn't, if you didn't agree with the king, it was off with his head, which is uh, another great example of the tall poppy syndrome and why it's been right. throughout uh, man in, in, in all, almost all countries. And once again, that's the government cutting down the opposition. Right, right. Guillotine does not work anywhere, sir. Even if it's exercised by the kings or even if it's exercised by even common people in the in, in the chance to, you know, level the system better for everybody or to make a system fair. It happened in the, even in the French Revolution also, you know what happened just within 10 years, you know? Yes, no, that's another good example of, of uh, the toppling of the government and people trying to find a leader and find their way. And many tall poppies were cut down through that uh, during Absolutely. that 10-year period. Yes. Yes. Another perfect so, example. Yes. So, so coming coming to the seeking of fairness in day-to-day -day life by the general people, let's come down to our workplaces, sir, and even even in the uh, family lives of, uh, of people all across the world. Talking, you, you know, fairness, people try to use, you know, in the search of fairness, and uh, people are trying to justify their actions, even negative ones, you know. So that to show that they are also equal. Now, you have discussed about this very, very uh, in detail. Can you tell us in your own words, how do you uh, see all these things? And what does it actually mean? Well, remember uh, from the Bible, Cain and Abel. So that's um, talking about early, early history. So that's, we hardly get a few pages into the Bible and we come across Cain and Abel. And um the actual first example as you start into the bible actually is is uh adam and eve and yeah. now usually women don't have pride like men if you look through history uh and you see the tall poppy you hardly see any women and here we have uh, and women don't have the pride that men do they uh they have a different you, you understanding call it, sorry, but you call it pride or the ego pride well it is the ego but it's pride in, in catholicism uh it's pride the, what we call the seven sins seven deadly sins and the three of the seven are pride lust and greed that that was the the seven deadly sins came from a pope who was trying to uh, keep the monks in line. So he had this seven emotions that were most likely to cause the 
monks to fall out of grace. Of those seven, so the first are pride, pride, greed, and lust, and those we find in tall poppies. Now we don't see much to our thoughts, uh, which is um, laziness and and uh, eating too much, gluttony. So we don't mm -hmm. see those two, but the other two then are envy and anger, and those two we find in the cutter. So here's the Pope uh, in 590 AD is essentially describing the mechanisms of the tall poppy syndrome. And of course, in Catholicism, the, the way you control uh, a bad emotion is to use the virtue. There's an opposing virtue. So, you know, uh, pride would be humility. That's how you counteract that. So it's to learn the, the virtue that opposes the, the bad uh, emotion. But in, um, so the hierarchy, and actually there's no better hierarchy than the caste system in India. It's uh, after the government, uh, the hierarchy itself is where you'll find tall poppy syndrome because it's going to be your relationship to your peers that you're all going to compete to move ahead. Uh, so you'll want to, if you can't improve yourself or you think they have an unfair advantage, then you want to cut that person down. Or if your supervisor is not who you think that person should be, then you try and undermine their authority so that they'll take a fall. So that, that happens in every company, everywhere in the world. So if you want to find the tall poppy syndrome, look no further than the place you work. I actually <laughs> thought I was tall poppied um, in my work and that that's how a person told me I'd been tall poppied. Actually an Australian friend where the, all, the tall poppy syndrome is very, very, very prevalent. It's the most prevalent of the English-speaking right. countries. And I had a friend there, and I was actually supposed to go speak. And I told them I had just resigned from my post. And and they said, really? And I explained why. And they said, my goodness, you've been tall poppy. Well, I had never heard of that phrase. Mm -hmm. And I went ahead and finished my practice. And then when I had time to think about it and study it, uh, that's when I spent my 10-year journey of researching the literature and looking throughout the world to learn about the tall poppy syndrome. So, so mine, was work, is... mine was workplace, which is very, very common. Your neighborhood's not that big. Uh, you have a usually very small sphere. But trust me, if you go into the workplace, and then in most governments, I mean, they're the epitome of the hierarchy. So if you go into any government institution, when I tell people about in a government institution that about the tall poppy syndrome, they're the first ones that get it. It doesn't matter whether you're in the military, uh, in the post office, whatever government system it is, um, because it's very hard to go up to the next level. So that they don't have what uh, America kind of had at one time was meritocracy 
you had to be the best to go to the next level. Hmm. But when you're in the government, there's a lot of payola and other things that go into it. And so the best person doesn't always get to crawl up the rung of the ladder. Well, you got the spoil system also, you know. Yeah, well, that the whole thing was uh, the premise of my book when I started the research was why don't we know about the tall poppy syndrome in America? And so my premise of the book was that America was founded on the individual and we worship the individual. And so I, th I thought, well, Amer there's not going to be the tall poppy syndrome in America because we like the individual. And through this 10 years as I've been doing it, I've come to the conclusion, I think America is actually the worst country in the world because of our merit, our old fashioned meritocracy, where if you worked hard, you could get ahead. And that's not the case in America anymore. So we have our government, our hierarchies of um, institutions, which are trying to socially engineer um, culture just like the government's doing. So the conclusion of the book was the tall poppy syndrome is in America and it's prevalent in America as much as any country on earth. Even the Australians where it's a huge part of their culture, they claim 20% of the culture has been cut down. Well, we know that's not completely true because it's not, it's more of a egalitarian country and there aren't 20% of the people that are so-called tall poppies. So you know it has to be the peer-to-peer, -peer, the people working together. And Viktor Frankl, you know, the person from the camps in Germany, uh, when he wrote his book about his experience, he, he claimed that the being in the concentration camp was the worst place for envy in the world because everybody was supposed to be equal. That was the grand neutralizer of humanity. But what if somebody had a toothbrush? It drove the other people crazy that somebody had a toothbrush within that system. So even the most meager places one would look at, you can find the tall poppy syndrome. I get it. So tell me one thing. Everybody is seeking fairness in society by cutting others down. I mean, how, how will they achieve fairness at all? Well, that's the problem now. They, they've turned the whole thing upside down. Uh, and, and I think social media is a big part of that because social social media is the currency of that is envy. So you go out to dinner, no, nobody's even talking to each other. They're all on their phones photographing and sending the photos back to their friends. And it's like, look at how great I am. And, and so they're, they're essentially in a mild sense, cutting the people that aren't there down. So you have all this competition for menial things and it's just it's warping how everybody looks at everybody else and it's just because of our social media so you know bullying which is very close to um tall poppy syndrome 
is is rampant as well now because of social media. And there's one other con- concept I want to mention because it's so closely associated with tall poppy syndrome, which is a German word called Schadenfreude. Have you right. heard of that? Yeah, so, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. yes. So, so, just, yeah, you, yes. so we'll use, since I'm an American, we'll use the cowboy movies of how Hollywood appreciates uh, schadenfreude and what makes people want to go to the movie. So you go to the old-fashioned cowboy movie where everything was black and white and the good guy wins out, you know, he... He shoots the wrestler or outdraws the the bad guy, and so good is one, and the bad guy was cut down, which was the example of the tall poppy syndrome. But what happens when that justification occurs? You feel good yourself, and that's that's what Schadenfreude is: is having pleasure from somebody else's pain. Yes. So people actually, even in America, talk about schadenfreude, but they don't talk about um, the tall poppy syndrome occurring before the schadenfreude happen. But it, the two of them are very, very closely linked. They both are driven by envy. Yes. But, but sir, why would humans, you know, uh, humans should be ha- happy with somebody else's misfortune in fact the part that i see a lot of times today is that all those you know gory videos or anything else they get so many hits even on the social media and some people like it so much that that they watch it again and again so i just wanted to ask even in general life is this particular problem of Scadden Fude, whatever way we pronounce it, is it a part of a human psyche or yes. is, it yes. a, is it a mental problem? It's the, um, the area in the brain that is excited uh, when you have envy is right beside the uh, pleasure spot. So uh, there's two phrases I use in the book. You're your pain is my gain, uh, which is schadenfreude. You feel, you know, you it actually feels good. It's like taking a drug. So if you get hurt, I feel better. Who doesn't want to feel better? And you haven't even done anything for it. So that's why, you know, we have a, when I went through medical school, we called it delayed gratification. You were used, I, I okay. went to 14 years of school after I, I got out of high school. It is, it is like an extended release drug. Yes, correct. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. So that's, that's the schadenfreude. You're, you're, getting, you're getting gained by somebody else's pain. And envy is just the opposite. Nobody wants that. Uh, my pain is your gain. So you, you're, somebody else is doing better, and that actually hurts you. And that's painful. So the easiest way is not to spend 14 years going through medical school and stuff. It's to hurt that individual and destroy their happiness. And by doing that, you now feel better about yourself and you feel you feel good. So in our mass media, when you think about it, it's very 
easy when you understand the emotions, especially envy, why it's happening in the world. As I mentioned, uh, the whole currency of the internet, the social media is envy, bad envy, not good envy. You don't see a lot of people looking. I mean, everybody loved the Joe Rogan thing. It, it, made, it gave people a lot of happiness to see that gentleman cut down. And somebody, to, I mean, he was making a hundred million a year, right? Yes. So yes, that's yes. that. That's offensive to people. Many, 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 many people knowing that's so out of reach. And once again, you bring in deservingness or justification. Nobody's worth that kind of money. So right. when you think about it, it's it's all emotional, and it's it's the seven deadly sins. It's bad emotions. Uh, and not good emotions. Yes, and nobody envies envies you when you are passing through a rough phase in your life. Like Joe, uh, Joe also had a tough time in his life, and later, only in the last few years, he has actually seen that sort of money. You know, that's true. You know, you're right. All all the trouble and hurt and pain. I actually, in my book, uh, I have a chapter devoted to tall poppies or to the type of person that um, I feel are deserving tall poppies. And all of them, some of them ended up dead, um, but all of them had a tough time during life and all of them were tall poppied, but because they were so strong, they were able to overcome all that. But almost all people, I mean, you can, not the people that inherit money, but uh, most tall poppies earn it, and it was very difficult to achieve what they've achieved. And we should be like America used to be. We should we should be celebrating. That's why they put statues up of people, um, are to look at them and to create that good envy or to emulate somebody. And and, and now you know, our society is so divided that we can't agree who a tall poppy is. A very interesting story is, you know, Napoleon, who was definitely a tall poppy, who was right. tall poppied, but he had his, um, his, his own hall of fame where he had busts of um, historically important people. Now he actually has, um, he has Caesar and both Caesar and Brutus in there which I found very, very fascinating because um, Caesar became a tall poppy and he was cut down by Brutus as well as other people. But so some people are going to think Caesar was a tall poppy and some people will think Brutus was a tall poppy because he cut the tall poppy down and became a tall poppy himself. I, I, I got to ask you one question here. If you're talking of Julius Caesar, you know, after the Mark Antony speech, the mob went berserk. And then they said, let's catch those traitors. And then there is a sound that there was one of the conspirators name was Sina. And the mob said, are you listening? Are you getting me, sir? Yes. Yes. I'm smiling. So mob, yes, yes. So the mob said that let's now catch Sina. So they catch somebody. Then they say, he's not that Sina. He's Sina the poet. And then they said, he writes bad poems. Let him. So Shakespeare did not describe what happened to him. But we understand that they killed him. Yes. Now, yes. They, 
that's the mob mentality now where is this tall poppy thing in this like who is the tall poppy here is sinna well, the, the poem poet he is a tall poppy or do well, they do that they are actually just for fun for, uh, they are part of this skeden fruit sort of a syndrome because they are happy happy about somebody else's misfortune you're absolutely right i spend a lot of time dissecting uh tall poppies and doing examples of the book because and i make the point that your tall poppy may not be my tall poppy okay. which is fine but just understand uh it's a self-help book in the end because you have to understand the behavior of the cutter and the cutty the two people involved in it and you have to understand your own bias or yourself your own self esteem the tall poppy syndrome in the peer to peer is mostly found with people who have low self esteem and they they can't build it up so how do they build it up they cut somebody down okay. so the the book is actually learning how to dissect it just what you were talking about how to dissect the tall poppy syndrome who the cutter was what his behavior was who the cutie was what their behavior was and then you have to reflect on yourself and see your own bias and you know one of my quotes in the book is you don't see the world as it is you see the world as you are meaning right. that that right. you, you can't even objectively make a conclusion because of your own bias and i mean we're going through that with covid we used right. to have the so-called science and now everybody's emotion is so wrapped up in all this that nobody can see the science if if it was a true study so how does one utilize the understanding of your book to work cultures in family sir how do you recognize a tall poppy um well mine what my criteria was serving society so in order for me there were no business people even though business people are tall poppies um there were no business people in my in my what i call the hall of fame everybody served uh somebody see either the environment um fellow manhood uh and they they downplayed themselves so mother teresa would be an example for me of what i consider to be a tall poppy you okay. have to you have to serve fellow man i you uh jane goodall would be um one you know the lady that studied apes now there was uh, actually three ladies out of that group we our american was Diane Fossey and she was um because i'm an american and the book was in the end it's supposed to be about my journey through america um i I wanted everybody to be an American in in the tall poppy so I picked Diane Fossey who I actually liked a lot and she was um cut down many times growing to be a tall poppy but of course she eventually was killed for her work because they were 
you know, stealing the apes and put, you know, selling them and the people that were, and she was trying to prevent that. So she eventually was killed because of her trying to prevent all that. So that was kind of the ultimate tall poppy for me. Okay. So can uh, bad people be also tall poppies? Well, yeah, it's how you look at the person, but of, of course bad people can be tall poppies. That's, you know, that's the whole thing of Brutus. Was he, was he a bad person or a tall poppy? Right. And right. it de depends on your political spectrum. Yes, sir. You can adjust your frame. You are a bit correct. You got to move away a bit from the frame. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's much better. Yes. Yes. So, so how how does uh, you talked about the cancel culture and tall poppy, sir, and then about you know the Black Lives Matter, Me Too, and even anti anti vaxxers. You know, how do we, how, how, can you explain it in your own words? Well, the cancel culture um, is the example of the tall poppies, the public tall poppy syndrome. And it's like right. minds that get together and who have now have become empowered. Hmm. And that empowerment then lets them do things they individually couldn't do. And that power in the end is a lot about pride and it goes to their head and they get carried away with what they're doing. And all of a sudden what started as a good movement turns out to be not so good. They get carried away with, with what they're doing. So, okay. you know, I mean, we tried to cancel Rogan and the end, you know, it was people envious of the money that he was making. It was people that was envious of the fame he had. It was, um, you know, naturally in America, Black Lives Matter and race is going to come in it. Um, feminism and sexism is going to come into it. So you have a lot of different uh, movements uh, coming together, a few from each one of those, and eventually you know there's enough clamor that something has to give so it's the empowerment of the individual um, and the diversity of trying to really define who is a tall poppy and that's why my chapter on the hall of fame was looking for service um, so people that have served society humanity society so that we got rid of the money and the fame and every they may have become famous but it wasn't like trying to become famous which actually happens on the internet as well so it, it i tried to neutralize all those effects that the tribe would come at me or at the people that i picked to be as tall poppies right so so is it bad to be, you know, to try for success or is it bad to be successful? And that's a, no, that's the only way society moves forward. We, once again, I yes. my own feeling is we should worship the successful and, and you, you know, the, we have what we call our robber barons in America was the period of 1800 into the next century. And that's when we had Carnegie who people, right 
don't like so much now because he was hard on his workers. Uh, but in the end, you have to ask, where would we have been without Carnegie and Steel? And the same at that time, we had Standard Oil and the Rockefellers. And I mean, eventually somebody's going to do all those things, but it does take a tall poppy to do it. So, you know, we had the Vanderbilts and travel and we had railroad industry and all those things. Most of them at that particular time they were involved in the industry, they, they were not tall poppies. They were very mean to people. And of course, now they would be canceled just as Teddy Roosevelt uh, was one of our most recent tall poppies who they just took his uh, statue down at the Natural Museum of History in New York City. And I, I mean, Abraham Lincoln has been, schools have changed the name of Abraham Lincoln. So there's no escape of the culture wars that we're having and the cancel culture in America and around the world. No, but sir, sir, you have also faced problems because you were a tall poppy and then successful people, what, how, what way they can protect themselves from being, you know, so-called cut to size by people who are lesser than them? Well, I, once again, it's serving people. If you, um, I don't, I hate to get give examples because then you get in more trouble. But if you you know, uh, Steve Jobs was a tall poppy, but Steve Jobs was also cut down. Yeah, he got and, and uh, you know he lost. He was his, removed he was from his own one too. Right, and the problem is uh, they had that uh, intense uh, will to be be number one and stay number one, it's very hard to do that. So you cut a lot of others down doing that. So the way you have to do that is to serve people, serve your customer, and serve the people that are making the product. So for me, if I look at somebody like Elon Musk, who mm -hmm. gets all those um, wonderful allowance of stock purchases each year, I, I would wonder why he couldn't just, however many he got one year, just, just give a few of those to each of his employees and not take them himself, but really reward the people who did the work to make him who he was. And on the flip side of that, if he's making so much money, uh, maybe he could reduce the price of the car a little bit, say we, we've been successful and we're making a lot of money. So, uh -huh. I, I mean, Amazon just had a blowout quarter, but uh, made sir, a lot of money. If, if, if and, Elon Musk has and, that, he wants he wants to take everybody to Mars. How will you do that? And, and you well, and but let, let me. So, what what do they do after they have a blowout quarter? They raise the rate of the of the membership. Now, that doesn't seem right to me. So, that that's how they could be a tall poppy um, would be to say, you know, be generous with your wealth and say, listen, thank all you customers. We've had a wonderful profit. You've been, you've made us successful. We're going to reduce the rate of your prime instead of a hundred dollars. It's only going to be $90 instead of going up to 120. 
so is, 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 I, I, well, it's part of its perception, part of it's real, but part of it's also a perception of doing, you know, I go back to my chapter, it's doing what's best for your fellow man. So, so is you, Warren, must, you must always is, keep is, that is, in, is in mind. Is Warren Buffett or, you know, uh, Bill Gates, they have you, uh, donated so much of money to charity, philanthropic thing. Are they good tall puppies in your assessment? Because well, they have done a lot of charities. Well, Bill Gates, as you know, is undergoing a reckoning now for some of his past offenses. And he also tried to cheat out his original partner, um, much as Steve Jobs did in a way with Wozniak. Uh, Bill Gates did that, too, with Paul Allen. So they, you know, everybody has defects. So when you critically look at people, uh, you're going to find something wrong, especially a tall poppy. They, many of them didn't get to be tall poppies without walking on somebody. So you have to take one. I think you have to take a full picture of them and not worry too much about some failures now and then. But I mean, in the end, you always have to, you have, not only do you have to look like you're helping mankind, but you have to be helping mankind. You can't be selfish. So I think that's the message for everybody is um, if you are a tall poppy, share the wealth. And if you want to be a tall poppy, uh, serve mankind. And, and, and nobody, nobody's ever going to cut you down for doing that. So how, how, can, how, how can a person like me who has no wealth, how can he be a tall poppy? Well, you you are a tall poppy. You're doing a good job to society, and you want to be on the right right. You don't want to be on the necessarily on the winning side. I mean, that's part of uh, somebody like um, some of our Confederate officers in our Civil War. You know, there were tall poppies there to be sure. Some of them thought to protect the homeland. They considered the North invading the South wrong. They, they didn't own slaves. There weren't any part of that system. And so th they, they get uh, taken down uh, because of guilt by association. Um, but you, and to a certain extent, they were serving their own mankind who happened to be different than the total mankind of america they were serving the south so it, uh, it's hard to know how, how to be perfect but you you just want to be um, a nice man and have nice podcasts and try and help the environment and manhood and you'll be a winner thank you sir thank you thank you for your kind words my last question to you sir uh, is that the, how can whatever your study has come out with your book, how can workplaces uh, benefit out of it, utilize it in there, you know, to make it a better place? Well, they, to a certain extent, um, medicines uh, and, and, and our, our um, social media companies and stuff, they, they encourage competition. I mean, they, they encourage bad behavior. Even in medical school, uh, for example, uh, our tests were posted. So if we took a test 
you didn't get somebody didn't give you an envelope of your grade you they put the they posted the scores on a bulletin board so that to a certain extent that encourages competition it should encourage good envy but that that's very difficult because you see who's number one and then you should want to emulate that the problem is most of that um, encourages bad envy so you you want to cut that person down not study if you're already studying uh, 23 and a half hours a day you you got to have that last 30 minutes to yourself so you you know you can't give that up so you're going to cut the top guy down so you need to be able to foster competition within the company but you you want it to be subtle you, you don't want that overt competition where you're creating envy and you, i mean you want to be fair um, you, you know, it helps to understand what happens within, within a company. I mean, if you look at CNN now, which is going through the tall poppy syndrome with the cutting down of one of the um, anchors and then the cutting down of the president and the people that are left there right now are trying to figure out what's happened. And so you, the head of the people can't be good tall poppies himself unless they come forth and really explain what's happening and why. So you you have to, there's fine to do, do things, but people should know why. I mean, if somebody gets advanced, it's nice to know why they got advanced. Well, we needed... We needed a female because 90% of our customers are female. So we thought a female would be best. That would be an important aspect of naming somebody so that you don't just say, oh, we're going to check that box and we're going we're gonna to have a female take that. If you take maybe somebody who you didn't think was smarter um, or worked harder, then it would be nice to know why that person had that got that position. And so, you, you know, you just have to tell the truth. You have to, you know, you, the whole problem now, you know, in, in war, they always say the truth is the first casualty. And, uh, but I think that's not just war. I think that's in our own governments and in our, in our own corporations that we don't, we, we just have lost faith in our institutions. They don't, they, they're not truthful or we perceive them as not being truthful. And so, I th you know, if you serve people and you're truthful, I think you'll be fine. You could still have a meritocracy and, and get tall poppies out of that milieu. And so, so, sir, should I put it this way, that in your study of humans, have you found that Humanity will is moving towards disaster or something brighter? No, I think we're moving. I think we're in a phase of, you, you know, it's like the weather, um, you know, warm and cold. And I think we're in a phase of social change in America. Uh, I mean, I grew up in the 60s, so I, I saw social change once uh, in our country and that has to happen. It's kind of cleansing, brings a lot of things to the surface. So 
I think it's a necessary part of life, but you know, it's not like the world is falling. Uh, our democracy is going to be here, and uh, we we just have to right a few wrongs or perceived wrongs and move forward. But so yeah, we're I, I think we're in a downtime, but you know, once again, human nature and emotions never change and. And by and by, by by and the large, I think we're all, we're moving forward. Everybody's moving forward for the most part. I mean, the world isn't worse than it was a hundred years ago. That's for certain. So, if we look at the world a hundred years from now, I would like to think it's going to be better than we are right now. It's going to be around. It's going to be some democracies, and there's going to be a lot of tall poppies, and I think it'll probably be a better place. Yes, sir. On this optimistic note, sir, it's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass. Thank you so much for your time, sir. Thank you. Hope to see you soon. Here you yes, sir. Yes, sir. Very soon.